HT Wow. April season two, take two. Hello and welcome to HT Wow, April 2019. This is the 22nd episode of High Tea with Old Waver, featuring myself, Dave Lane, and himself, Toby Pipes. And say words. Can you hear me waving? No. Hello, Dave. That's Toby. Yes. And uh, before we get to all the tunes, um, stuff that was produced by a guy that nobody knows, and some uh, super SG stuff that uh, I brought to the table, want to uh, just welcome you to the podcast, ask you to go to oldwaver.com to uh, look up old episodes, to become a patron, to um, get merch like uh, sweet pint glasses and t-shirts. You can also follow us on the gram at HTWowPod. And uh, you can email us at uh, HTWowPod at gmail.com. HTWowPod at gmail.com. Yeah, you know, basically, it's either HTWow or HTWowPod, depending on the platform. Just search that, and one or the other will work. I think you got it. Yes. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being uh, uh, interested in this podcast. We hope that you uh, enjoy this month. Please pass it on to your friends. And uh, we love you for even getting this far. Amen. Thank you. Maybe think of me. Don't worry about them. I just need to be me. You just need to be you, and they like you for you. Thank you. Thank you for being my conscience. I want you to get... You're my Jiminy Cricket. You know... (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always thought Jiminy Cricket was pretty classy. (laughs) Winter is coming. This one will be long. And dark things will come with it. Hell yeah. 
the hot jam, and it's how we're starting H2L April 2019. This is episode 22 of High Tea with Old Waver. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, speaking to the imaginary listener. The legions? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My name is Dave. Uh, I am at Old Waver on Twitter. He is Toby. He is at Toby Pipes on Twitter. Uh, I am the Old Waver part of HT Wow. He's the high T part of HT Wow. And uh, if you would like to send us an email, drop us a line, tell us how great we're doing, give us advice on how to uh, grow the podcast beyond our core passionate fans. That address is htwowpod at gmail.com. And of course, uh, bookmark oldwaver.com because that's where all of the uh, stuff as far as the patron page, the store, the archive of old episodes, that's where everything is. And um, send it to all your friends. The end. Okay, let's, um, let's get started by talking a little bit about what the hell we were doing playing Scritty Politty at the beginning. Oh, you want me to get into my book report already? I, I want you to just tease as to... You don't have to give the whole thing away. I just want to know... Well, it's, it's not going to give anything away. Okay. But um, but I just won't say the name yet until I play the first song. Okay. But um, I was recording in the Hill Country with Mr. Taylor Tatch again. He's been on the show, you know. Yes. He is our one and only guest. By we, the way... Yes. That... Brings me to another subject that we need to talk about. So continue, and then I'll hit that. Okay. Uh, we, you know, after recording, we were recording vocals, but you know, Tatch likes to play some records at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. You've been there. Yes. And um, Scritty Politi came up, and we started looking at the liner notes. Because it sounds good. Don't you think that record sounds... Yeah, what year was that? Extraordinary. I, I think it's 1985. Okay. Or like it was, it might not have come out till '86, but I think it was. I think it's 1985. In fact, all three songs I'm going to play might be from '85 or '86. I probably should have looked all this up, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, we're looking at the back of the. Uh, you know, when producer engineer nerds start listening to something and like the way it sounds, we want to see who recorded it, and um, we found out it was some guy we never heard of. And that he ended up doing a lot of cool things that we listened to. So I'm going to play some of this guy's stuff. I guess the only problem is, is I don't really know the guy that much, so I won't be able to talk about it that much. That's okay. But that might even be better for most people. We'll, we'll all learn. Yeah, so we'll yes, learn together. Um, it, uh, that track, Perfect Way, was the big single off of uh, Cupid and Psyche. Mm-hmm. Which came Great out record. in 85. Yeah, and I'm going to play another track from that record probably first. Well, I mean, after yours. Right. Okay, what I wanted to talk to you about, and uh, it's along the lines of growing the pod, organic growth. Um, I was talking to uh, <laughs> our good friend Kirk Tatum. Yeah. And we were talking about... Uh, 
or I was mentioning that you were trying to put together a mobile setup for the pod mm -hmm. so that we could take it anywhere. Yeah. How's that going? I, I have what we need to get. We just I just need to... You won't let me into the bank account, the HTWOW account, so I can't get it. I'll look. We I'll sell look. like four of those picks and we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, because as soon as we can get the um, mobile setup, then we can attempt to do much like uh, It's Just Banter does on the Blowout Pod. We can do like a live show somewhere. Do they travel most of the time or are they usually out of... I think most of the time they do it at uh, TC's house, but every once in a while they do a live show at like Off the Record or something. Yeah, we got to do that. So, It'd be better than just DJing. Right. We could do a, a taping of a show and then we could... The After Dark could j just be us DJing, no talking. That sounds great. So yeah, we need to do that. And then we also need to to uh, have a mobile setup so we can do guests. Yes. Because I have uh, I have a, a yes from Rhett Miller of the old 97s. Mm -hmm. And I have a yes from uh, Mike Reiner. You know who likes the Scritty Politti? Mike Reiner? He certainly does. Yes, he does. Manny got a mention on the station one day because they were wondering who sang Perfect Way, I think. And he texted Danny or something. And they all said, of course, gay Manny knows what <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man. Every time Reiner I, loves the 80s. I know. He, he's a late bloomer. Like, he was, uh, he was a 80s or new wave hater at the time because of his roots to the zoo. Yeah. But now he's uh, revisit, re revisiting all of that and loves it. Were the and, 80s part of his dark period that he always talks about? Yeah, I think the late 80s began his, or the mid 80s began his dark period. Right. Uh, but every time I see him, he asks me when he can come on. So. Man, that'd be great. I mean, when you listen to the ticket and you hear um, a return that's Japan. Right. It's totally weird. That's awesome. I'm glad. I mean, he must just listen to a satellite radio thing and write down what he likes, surely. Right. Well, I think Japan was one of those that I tipped him off to. Are you, are you the one feeding him the tunes? No, no. But every once in a while, he'll ask me about a band or when we see each other out, we'll talk about a, a genre, like a subgenre of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when we, because I'm his, his erasure bear, we went to erasure together. You did? Yeah. I at, didn't know y'all went. At House of Blues a couple of years ago. And and afterwards, we were just talking about, uh, you know, just electronic music. And he was asking for clarification, like, well, what what is industrial as compared to, like, synth pop? Uh-huh. And then so I, I was talking to him about early ministry and, uh, like... Uh, Oh, uh, Cabaret Voltaire and yeah. all that stuff. Or maybe some early, even Nine Inch Nail kind of... Right. And whatever. so, you know, so every once in a while I'll send him a, a YouTube video or something. And I think Japan was one of those that I sent him. Not in <laughs> reference to that conversation, but yeah. another one. Anyway. But that'd be great if, if he was on the show and we I, we made him pick all the tunes to talk about them. Sure. That'd yeah. be great. Um, before we get to my first tune, and evidently... Mine are all pretty gay. They go from like poppy to weird art pop to disco. That, I, that already, if I heard that, 
If this was a pod I was listening to and I heard that, I would be locked in. Good. Okay. And I don't know, you know, you have the, the producer thread that is somehow tied to Scritty Politti. It, yeah. And like I said, I don't really have a bunch of information, but that's fine. Who cares? Who cares? It was, I, I mainly, when we started going down the, the thread of all the records this guy worked on, I thought, well, this will be an excuse. I'll get to play these songs. Sure. <laughs> and that's kind of it. I don't really, I didn't follow the guy. It, we, you just reverse engineered an episode. That's all you needed to do. That's fine. All right, before we do that, though, before we get into the tunes, let's talk about the first beer of the evening. Because uh, if this is your first time listening, this is a song swap and a beer swap. So I bring three songs, Toby brings three songs, I bring a beer, and Toby brings a beer. Except for those times when uh, our patrons pick the beer. And so that's the case this month. Uh, we have Sports Greek to thank. Oh, all right. He uh, chose our beers, and I went to the big specs to make sure I could find them. And the first one is one that I'm sure most people are familiar with. If they haven't tasted it, they've probably at least seen it. It's from New Holland Brewing out of Michigan. It is Dragon's Milk, bourbon barrel age stout. Did you do this because of Game of Thrones? Well, that's what he said. He said, you really? know, Game of Thrones is coming back, so you may as well. You know, I, I there <laughs> is great. one there is one brewery that that does the uh, like the official Game of Thrones brews, but this isn't it. Yeah, I did it, it, also. It's, it's not it's not like officially licensed, but it does look exactly like it really does a uh, Game of Thrones dragon. I wonder how old they are. They might have been around longer. Well, yeah, they started in 97. Oh, yeah, well, they definitely have. I don't know how long they've been doing Dragon's Milk. I don't know if they did it when Game of Thrones came out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this is an 11 percenter. So should Sports I, Greek is starting us off right. Should I, in the background while we're talking about this, have the Game of Thrones music going? <laughs> sure, if you want to. All right, I'll see if I can find it. And I'll are you caught up? Are you, in, are you into the final season? We can't talk about it yet. I know we're not we're not going to talk about it. No spoilers, whatever. I just no, want to know. I, uh, I just want to know if you are on board. No, I'm totally on board. But I uh, I did not watch last night because um, Joanna's out of town, and you know how that goes. You can't. Right. You don't want to get ahead. Do you think that is a? Um, do you think that's a new relationship thing since Netflix and 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 um, even since TiVo? That you can't jump ahead in shows, or there's going to be an argument. Right, yeah, I I think there is a... There's an understanding between couples that these are your shows, these are my shows, and then these are our shows. And our shows cannot be watched solo. Because it will ruin, and you can't even watch it before and say... Well, I'll watch it. I'll watch it with you because the look on the face, like you'll know, you'll feel it. Right. That something's about to go down. You'll be, look, you'll be looking at him as right as something's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, pay attention. <laughs> pay this attention, this right. is an important part. No, no, no. Don't leave right now. Don't leave right now. Someone's head's about to be chopped off. Yeah. 
I think it is a, it must be a, it's a new thing. Whereas back in the day, if you missed Bob Newhart, you just missed it. Right. Sorry. You love referencing Bob Newhart. Did I do that last time? I don't know. You know but what? I feel like we just talked about Bob Newhart, but maybe that was at the Fort Worth gig. It was at the Fort Worth gig because it's Pace's new favorite show. Is the oh, original, that's right. It's, it's the original. The Chicago when he's a shrink or whatever. Yeah, and man, I'll tell you what. If that's the new show compared to the Disney and Nickelodeon shows, I'm in. I'll watch Bob Newhart or Cake Boss all day if that's her thing. Do y'all watch Cake Boss? No. You don't watch Cake Boss? I thought she liked the cooking shows. No, she doesn't really watch the cooking shows. We're talking about my kid now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, the, you know what? Speaking of that, I saw y'all's filter. I need to ask you about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that I, later. I don't understand it. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, the uh, Dragon's Milk, by the way, it, as I said, it is a stout. It is extremely dark. So uh, I guess Dragon's Milk is black. I've, I think I've had this. But it, but it is quite good for such a strong, dark beer. It's extremely smooth. And it's extremely strong. It's... You know, I, I resisted the temptation because they had, sitting right next to this one, they had a special release, which was an orange chocolate dragon's milk. <laughs> and I, I really wanted to do it, but I thought I better just play it straight. We didn't want to get beramped? No, I, yeah, I didn't want to have a, a total disaster of something that we couldn't even choke down. And <laughs> no, I look, this I, is pleasant. It's just, you can already tell it's strong. Yeah, and I looked it up on the, uh, you know, when, anytime we have a beer on the pod, I uh, when I post the episode on oldwaver.com, I put the uh, the beers on there, and I have the, the links to the uh, Rate a Beer website, whichever whichever one it is i can't remember which one but i did while i was in the store i looked up and uh the dragon's milk i think had a solid four stars out of five and the the orange chocolate was like maybe like 3.1 stars negative (laughs) two no it was still it was still respectable but it was not as as uh well uh universally loved as the plain old grandfather of them all, dragon's milk. Dragon's milk. You know, I'm just now noticing that those are scales on the. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. I, did, I thought on it was just a gray background, but those are dragon scales. Yeah, this comes in a four pack, but uh, you have stated that before we kill the other half of the four pack, that you want to switch up to the other one. I see. I'm already slurring. Yeah, I feel like we're not. We usually don't give the the second beer needs a good tasting before because you always before are, we're I don't trashed. know if you do it on purpose, but the strong one usually goes first, and after two two in, we're um I feel like the second one doesn't really get a shot. Okay, so we'll we'll do it that way this time, and uh, make sure that we give Sports Greeks other selection this month so thank you sports greek yes and if you do want to become a patron um go to oldwaver.com and click on premium and you can go to our patron page and that's where the after dark podcast lives and that's where you can uh choose your rewards such as choosing the beer so uh my first tune Mm -hmm. is from a band that we've mentioned many times on the pod but i don't think we've ever played because it's been a while since they've put out new music and that band is tame impala 
I saw them on the Saturday Night Live. Yes. So uh, they are in the process uh, this month of headlining Coachella. Mm-hmm. Um, they are coming out with a new record at some point this year. Uh, it's not been announced, but they've released two new songs. The two songs that they played on Saturday Night Live when they were on last month. And we'll play the other one on the After Dark. But the uh, the one that I wanted to play here is the, the newer one, because it just came out. It's called Borderline, and it's not a cover of Madonna, because I know that's what you're going to say. Yeah, but it's a shame. I know. I Don't mean, you like, you got to admit, that's a good Madonna song. Yes, it is a good Madonna song, and I'm sure Tame Impala would crush a cover of it. But, It'd be great. But no, that's not what it is. Um, and this is, uh, this is all Kevin Parker. He is the, the main dude of Tame Impala. He basically records and produces all of his own stuff. And then he has uh, his backing band that tours with him and brings it to life at the live show. And so, you know, the last album, Currents, that uh, came out in 2015 gosh was it that far back it's gotta be man everyone certainly loved that one didn't they that one might be one of as far as a new record goes that might have been played too much right at least in um music nerd circles yeah so it came out in the spring around this time in 2015 so it's been a good while uh but yeah that that album was definitely played to death I still love it, but um, it seems that he's still kind of going down that path. That's, that's what, exactly what I thought on Saturday Night Live. I was like, These, this could easily just come right off that other... Yeah, so he he doesn't do so much guitar noodling. It's more about the synths and the moods and the bass lines. Uh, it's still psychedelic. It's still a little weird. It's still slightly off center but it's definitely pop and less rock and uh i you know i i hope that eventually he uh you know kind of does a radio head and puts out his version of in rainbows you know yeah but he needs to do this he needs no to, yeah he needs to uh push it over the hill first. well and this is this is what is making him a festival headliner Mm-hmm. You know, he wouldn't be headlining festivals if they, if he was still doing uh, the stuff off of the first three records. The the kind of uh, grooves and, you know, his collaborations with rappers and, uh, you know, other kind of pop artists is what has made him popular enough to headline something like Coachella. So let's take a listen. This is Borderline, and uh, it's... Super chill, uh, kind of gay, but it makes me happy. And it's the first song up on April's HT Wow. You did great. <laughs> Yeah. 
How you feel about that? Man, I, I gotta tell you, I like the... Well, I mean, that's, of course I like the recording a little better. What did you think of their performance? Did you see the Saturday Night Live thing? Yeah, I did. I really liked it. They seemed good. It's always hard to sound good on that. I mean, Phoenix still wins as the band that's no one has ever sounded as right. good as they did. But um, I don't know. It, it seemed like he that he seemed a little nervous. I think his he's just kind of got a aw shucks stage presence. And he's kind of got one of those, it looks like, you know, kind of one of those genius musician guys that kind of just doesn't know what to do. Right. Like, especially if he's not holding the guitar. Wasn't on the fir- he wasn't playing anything the first one. Or did he play something? No, he, he, he played guitar towards the end of the first song, which was Patience. But like then, he went but, over and picked it up. Yeah. yeah but yeah. then uh, this was the second song they played, and it, it hadn't been released yet. Right. And, and he just sang on this one. Yeah, they should have cranked the percussion guy up a bit more. Yeah. And, um, but you know, it's their first time playing it, and it's it is a it is a freaky thing that you you are on a TV show, which something can go wrong at any time, and it's live. Yeah, and usually, yeah, I didn't. I think I recorded it and watched it after the fact. Sometimes if I'm watching it live, whether I like the music act or I hate it on Saturday Night Live, a lot of times I'll go onto Twitter to just try and see the instant reaction. Right. And so I'm curious. I, di- I, I didn't look at the time. I, I wonder how they went over with your average American who probably had never heard of them before. Well, with I'm sure with Tame Impala fans, it, it was still really good. It was really good. I mean, they good. did a great job. It's just... You know, a uh, headliner of Coachella, like you were saying, you want it to be like, you know, when churches is on one of those things and you're like, dang. Right. You know. Um, yeah, they had the, the swirly acid light show. It wasn't like uh, strobes in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was still good, though. It was He's great. Just a, he looks like a shy dude. But yeah, as, as you mentioned, they've got the bongos in both of these tracks. They've got the bongos going. In in this track, they've got kind of like those little flute sounds. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little yacht rocky almost. Yeah, and he's got a um, he always he always shows up with a great snare drum. Yeah. Whatever that is, whatever the, I don't know if it's a sample or whatever I might, the thing. It's, it's I I've been debating because you've been, what. <laughs> I've I've been debating, debating what I was what I'm going to play on the after dark. I think that people would probably appreciate it if we just played whatever the hell we wanted. Right, but so we've decided that the magic number is ten. So five songs for me and five songs for you in the after dark. I still feel like it's eight. No, it's it's ten. We can make it work with ten. All right, you can just pick can't, six it, it and can't, I'll do four. It can't be twelve. Um, <laughs> Did we do twelve? Yeah. God. Well, January and March, we did 12, and it was too long. Yeah, we can't do that. So, um, but I, I brought um, a previous Record Store Day find, which was uh, a repressing of Tame Impala's first EP. Okay. So I want to play a song off that, and I'll, I want to play the other new song, but then I also might play a song that... Kevin Parker produced by a band called Pond, which is the band of Tame Impala's former bass player. 
Why do all of these bands have to have a P that you have decided to crush the microphone with? Yes, Uh, but you know they're Australian. Yes, but did you know that pond (laughs) sounds so much like Tame Impala that I feel like it'll be too much same same. So I guess I probably won't. No, no one cares. I want to hear it. But yeah, but 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 I have other stuff that I want to play. So. Anyway. Well, good. I'm glad I don't have anything. All right, so let's uh, transition now to Toby's book report. Yeah, it's going to be really short because I know nothing about this person. You, you didn't do your research. Well, there's not really a lot of research. Have you ever heard of a guy named Howard Gray? No. It's A Y. G, silent R A Y. It's a silent. <laughs> I didn't think about that name, but I like the way your brain works. Um, yeah, so we uh, end up He's looking... He's got a wiki page. He does. We ended up looking at the back of the record and saw uh, Howard Gray did most of the cool ones on Scritty Politti, and then... Man, he's worked with a ton of people. I know, right? Isn't that weird? We've never heard. But guess what? His He started out... I guess you can see right there who the producer he was under as an engineer is Steve Lillywhite, uh, which makes a lot of sense. Well, and so I was never a big fan of this band, but I'm familiar with the name that he was in Apollo 440. Looks like he's a ginger, too. Is he? Yeah. I saw a black and white photo. No, I'm seeing a color photo, and yeah, he's got a shock of red hair. Are you kind of into him? Yeah, he kind of looks like uh, if he grew it all out, he kind of looks like the uh, the leader of the wildlings <laughs> on Game of Thrones. And this beer is getting to you. Uh, who did we, or who did you say was uh, Steve Lillywhite's mentor? Um, I don't know. Was he under Eno? There was only like four people that ever recorded anything. <laughs> All the cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought that that was kind of cool that there was we found someone we never heard of. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. So I wanted to play, because I don't get a chance to play Scritty Politty on the pod that much. And I'm, I'm going to play another Scritty Politty song. It seems like Steve Lillywhite was kind of his own man. That, you know, he, he started in the 70s working for Polygram. Yeah. And then just kind of worked his way up. And I think Howard Gray started off working at on uh, Branson's estate. Richard Branson's estate. I guess he had a studio there. And he was like the tape operator. You know, they all start off as tape operators. Right. <laughs> Press record. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. Right. And he you ended up on a bunch days. of cool records. But, you know, ended up, he was on, worked on uh, XTC stuff, uh, PIL stuff, uh, Screaming Blue Messiahs. Did you ever listen to them? Do you know who that I'm is? I'm familiar with them, but I've not listened to them. Yeah. Um, he worked with Japan, Simple Minds. Yeah. Um, the Cure. That was the one that stopped us down because I thought that I would have known about that. So are you? where are you starting? Because there are so many uh, great possibilities in his kind of discography. Well, I'm going to play that, like we said, we're, we're kind of on a theme here. Um, started off scritty. Then we went to Tame Impala, which will seem a little butch compared to the next <laughs> one that I'm about to play. I mean, if we, golly, if we had like a, if we could have done a remote from a boat, a remote from a boat, <laughs> we gotta do it. Boat that. to boat remote. A boat to boat remote. 
We could sell koozies and shirts. Yes. We got to do that. If you have a boat, htwellpod at gmail.com. Yeah, one of those uh, party barge boats. Sure. It doesn't really matter. We could do it from a jet ski. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Tie the jet skis together. But, um, man, a remote boat to boat. A boat to boat remote. Is that what you said? Uh, you said a remote from a boat, and then I said boat to boat remote. I think Either boat to boat is... remote is what should be on the shirt. Uh-huh. Or the sticker. Or the tattoo. Sure. Temporary and, tattoos. Yeah, if you're into I it. I mean, let's not get crazy. Um, but this song is perfect for a, a boat. Um, but I think it just sounds... Re- we started wondering who recorded it because it sounds super clean, so... Is this off the same Scritty Politty record that yeah. the, the opener was off of? I think that this might be the first song off of Cupid and Psyche. Okay. I'm not positive, but I think it is the first one. So just imagine, close your eyes and pretend that you're uh, wearing your uh, life preserver <laughs> as a swim diaper. <laughs> and you've got a beer in your boat-to-boat remote koozie. <laughs> And you're just hanging out in Party Cove. Oh man, we gotta and, do that. And we're we're cranking this tune for you. Uh, okay, this is good. And then after this, I'm gonna ask you what your history is with the script palette. Okay. You wanna just listen to it? Please. I need to do well.
Damn. It's a hot ending, right? <laughs> yeah, I can see how the producer nerd and y'all snap to attention <laughs> at points in that game. Yeah, like that's... Or in that, in that song, sorry. That's, that's what a, a really good um, front of house engineer checks the system with. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's either that or Steely Dan. Something like that. That's when you know they're good. But... um. I can't believe you've never heard that. Did you not? Uh, did I'm, you not have Cupid and Psyche? I have it now. I think I bought the vinyl at some point, but I don't think I've listened to it all the way through. Man, I don't know if it's just I. I only know the singles. I I don't know if I love it just because I used to listen to the crap out of it when I was fourteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's good, you know, <laughs> some of those things. I can't. I don't know if it if I just like it because it of then or. I don't know. What well, I used to listen to, I had it on cassette, and I used to listen to the hell out of that thing. Well, you mentioned uh, the the singer, I guess, the main dude from Scritty Politty. Green. Yes. He was a uh, he was a good looking guy. He would have been up there with like the John Taylors and the David Sylvians right. of the world. He had a uh, he had a look, and so in the magazines where there's a picture of Duran Duran or like the guy from Kaja Gugu or something. Green was all over those magazines. Is it Lamal from <laughs> Kaja Gugu? <laughs> Man, Kaja is so good. But yes, uh, listening, because I hadn't listened to Perfect Way in a long time, and then <laughs> with you singing over it, I mean, it sounds just like the way you sing. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand how you would gravitate to it. We were, t- uh, Tatch and I kept saying how cool it would have been if Michael Jackson would have put out a, a cool yacht rock record at some point that was just tunes. You know what I mean? That were just easy listening. You know what I mean? Right. Like after uh, Off the Wall, if, well, of course he wouldn't, he, then he wouldn't have before had the best selling. Th- well, before, th- before Thriller, maybe before in between. Before Thriller, just in between, if there would have been this cool, um, you know, boat album that Michael sang on. <laughs> maybe that would have steered him in a better direction, Dave. Right. Yeah, maybe he wouldn't have diddled kids. Yeah. But yeah, supposedly Green um, had a stage fright problem later on and uh, had a full-on mental breakdown. Green Gartside. Yeah, lived in like a cabin somewhere for years. And I think he wrote songs for people. It says he's worked with tons of people. He's Welsh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he um, he went for the whole uh, hermit thing for a while, and no one saw him. Like he broke down, and then I think now they're playing. And when I say they are playing, I think it's just him with other people. Well, yeah, I mean, who who knows how long ago the entry was written? But it says that he does fill in on BBC Six Music as a as a presenter disc jockey. Really? That's what it says. Huh? I'd like to hear that. But I mean that could have been from four years ago, right? It, it, not not necessarily up to date. He, um, yeah, man, I'd like to hear something new from that dude. He was a cool guy, uh, but yeah, his voice does have a, a girlish charm to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not even falsetto. It's just uh, it's just it's high. just high. That's okay. It's just prepubescent. <laughs> Girls like it, Dave. Okay. Um, oh, well, I, I will tell you. And this girl likes it, too. 
<laughs> this girl right here. I will tell you, um, the one time, and uh, thank you, Josh Florence, for having me and go to hell for not ever inviting me back. Uh, the one time that I DJ'd on my own at Off the Record Deep Ellum, uh-huh. uh, towards the end of the night, it, it was kind of crowded in there just because it was towards the end of the night. You brought him in. And no, no one cared. But the uh, I think the biggest response that I got was Perfect Way. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say you played Woodbees. No, I, I played the the, uh, the opening tune of our, of our pod. And that got the dance floor full. And that got like a... A giant black dude who was walking out the door it got him to give me a high five. There is a bit of a. It's got a. It's got a little bit of funk to it. There's a little soul There's in a there. Crossover. There's no yeah. doubt about it. He's like you know. Anyway, I like the Scritty Politi. I was um, into them as a child, and it must have just been because of. Someone said, "If you like Duran Duran, you like Scritty Politi," and then that was that. How many records do they have? I don't know. I think Howard Gray did two of them. But he, uh, that first Cupid and Psyche, there are like five producers. He was the main producer, I think, but there were all these different remixes. And I think the guy from Even Ozen came in and programmed some stuff. And there's Fairlight programmers. And they must have spent a ton of money on that record. Looks like they, they only had three records back in the day. And then they put one out in 99 and one in 2006. Oh, okay. But yeah, so there were songs to remember, then Cupid and Psyche, and then Provision. Oh, there was one before Cupid and Psyche. Yeah. Huh. I'd like to hear that one. Um, but yeah, I got to play a Scritty Politi song. I got to play two. And then we'll finish out the sh- show with the end of the Perfect what? Way. I know. Are, am I wasting my time with buying other beers? Should I just be buying 11 ABV beers so you only just need one? I mean, it just depends. It, it it saves calories. I mean, we did have a we did have a drink first, but still, yeah. I guess the calories would be a lot more, but you drink you only need like two beers in your canned. So that's the trade off, right? Well, I mean, I'm definitely going to. I like this enough to drink my second one, but next we are going to drink the other. Yeah. Selection by Sports Greek. Let's do that and give it a chance. All right, so it's my turn again. Yes. Um, let's get to it. I guess we'll we'll get to my field trip after this tune. Yeah, let's get another tune in. Yeah, so let's get the uh, the next tune in, and then we'll talk about my field trip and uh, the next beer. But this tune, this is where it gets a little art pop. It's still on the the uh, super g tip but it's uh it's like art school super g <laughs> the super g tip sounds a lot uh um more manly than than what it stands for <laughs> yeah i guess so but that's all right I, I think it sounds great have you ever heard of a band called these new puritans i really thought you were going somewhere else at the beginning um that does sound familiar are they one of those collective groups no um, actually, they they used to be a four piece, but now they're just a two piece. It's twin brothers, Jack Barnett and George Barnett. Okay. 
So Jack Barnett is the main songwriter and he's the, uh, the singer and he plays most of the instruments and then his brother George plays drums. Mm, the dr- the brother drummer. Yes. You gotta love that. So, um, yeah, they just came out with their fourth record. Um, the first three are, to me, kind of unlistenable. They're one of those bands that I never really never really liked them before, but I really love this record. Did you say where they're from already? Uh, I didn't. They're from Southend-on-Sea, England. Oh. We're going to have an English group on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that. So they are kind of, they're kind of known for um, using a lot of, uh, I guess, symphonic instrumentation. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, they've used uh, like a, I guess, a 35-piece orchestra on their previous records. God. And it's very artsy and, to me, kind of unlistenable, like to the point of, just get to the point. You exactly. know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. Um, but so it's been a while since the the third record. The uh, the third record came out in uh, 2013. So they had a quite a while uh, since then, and the new Puritans. These New Puritans. These New Puritans. Yes. And so Jack Barnett decided that he wanted to make a quote-unquote pop record. Okay. But it's pop according to him. It's not what an ordinary person would consider a pop record, right? right? He's kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. I know. Yes. I mean, I'm taking taking a risk because I I played this for... uh, for Marissa, my my, I don't know what is she? My girlfriend, my my fiance. She's your fiance. I played this for her, and she didn't like it. She thought it was too weird. So I don't know. I don't I don't know how you or the listeners are going to respond to this, but this song just I've listened to it probably at least a hundred times in the last month. Gee. Just uh, in the car, on the headphones, at the house, it just man, you it, like music. It just it, it comes up on the mix, or I I seek it out specifically, or I've listened to this record front to back. Um, but I really like this song. It's the title track to the record, which is "Inside the Rose," and uh, they do kind of it, it's kind of two movements. It's not a traditional song structure where there's like a verse chorus verse bridge chorus you know what i mean yeah it's it's like it's like verse chorus verse and then a completely different movement and like a coda you know what i mean Uh it's it's very very strange but it's also very cool so let's listen to it seems like he's the type of guy that would tell you when you say that the name of the band is the new puritans these these new, new Puritans. Puritans that it's uh, pronounced dice no Puritans. And you've been saying it wrong the whole time. <laughs> Probably. Because you're not like him. It's quite possible. <laughs> but I do... I, 
I, I mean, even though it's a nuance, I think the fact that it's these new Puritans instead of the new Puritans, it makes it that much more highfalutin and punchable, but also that much more awesome. Excellent. Here's the new song by Thy Snow Puritans. <laughs> it's called Inside the Rose, and it's on HT. Wow. Inside the rose, how does it grow? How can you know? Where did it go? I'll make you bloom beyond the zoo. Below the rose, no one. Inside, inside the world, I see you change. 
That's cool. It sounds like, um... It sounds like something that could have been off of uh, Songs from the Big Chair. Right. But with, like, a very subdued uh, Simon Le Bon. Yeah, it definitely is kind of 4AD-like. Yeah, it's uh, that's real cool, though. I wasn't expecting that. I thought that that would be different. Yeah, I'll probably uh, I'll probably play another jam from it on the After Dark. It's it's, I mean that might be the most accessible song, on the album. It's cool though. It's chilled out. It's it, it also has sort of a Blue Nile um, feel, you right. know, because he'll kind of, he'll kind of go all over the place too, to make the song work. But um, but it seems like in the interim between the first three records and this record that um i don't know he he found a different voice he found a different sound because if you listen to that and then you go back and listen to one of the first three records he doesn't sound the same and they don't sound the same and it's just the the other stuff is just too obtuse for me whereas this is the sweet spot between weird and cool got for some, me. Got some good weed. <laughs> I think that's what happened, bro. Yeah, legal weed, man. Hey, man. Hey, let me use this new uh, bottle opener from HTWOW to open my new brew, bro. And then pass it over here, bro. You want to hear it, bro? Yeah. Took you two tries. Yeah, no, but it doesn't... Um. It doesn't really have the same snap that the cans do. It's not it? like opening a can of bush. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let's see if I can get get a good one. Hold on. Let me turn the thing down. Hold on. That was all right. That was all right. <laughs> it had some lo- had some low end in there. All right. Yes. Yeah, so um, thank you, these new Puritans, for. Um, edifying us with inside the rose yeah that was good i like that dave i didn't think i would i'll be honest with you uh, good I, I i took a risk and i'm glad that it paid off uh, really so now good. we are on to beer number two this is sports greek's second choice this is you said that this looked familiar to you it looked um it looks familiar but the um avocado head is throwing me off or whatever well, it's a that, hop oh that is a hop yes <laughs> that, that really makes a lot more sense yes that it's not an avocado head. no it's uh this is elysian space dust ipa um that's a hop head yes it is uh elysian brewing company out of seattle washington is it elysian as in elysian fields sir sure elysian Elysian Space Dust? Sure. Let's go with that. I don't know, Dave. I'm already drunk, so I don't even know. <laughs> Space Dust IPA. The hopping is pure Starglow energy with Chinook to bitter and late and dry additions of citrus and Amarillo. Have you had a sip yet? Golly. And this is uh, it's 8.2. So it's more than I thought. Is it bad? No, it's not bad, but boy, it's different. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be hard for us? Oh. 
I, I poured too much of a head. I gotta wait for it to settle hey, down. You know what I say. It definitely smells skunky. Damn. In the. This is like what you would call a ski vacation beer. Exactly. Um, Golly. This... I feel dumb that I mispronounced Elysian, but what did I say? Eli Sion. It's because I threw you off with thice, um, no paritis. <laughs> <laughs> it is, um, pungent. Boy, it sure, it is, um, what, is it grapefruit? I think it's just the hops. There's no, like, added fruit. It's just the different kinds of hops that they put in there. Man, it is, uh, it's fruity. It's almost orangey. Or orangey. Well, on the uh, on the bottle, if you go to oldwaver.com, you can see this. Um, it's a giant hop floating in space, puking space dust. Yeah, I don't taste the avocado. <laughs> it's not an avocado or an artichoke. It's Maybe a hop. That's, did I mean artichoke? Yeah, I think Maybe you I probably meant... did. Yeah, because it doesn't look like an avocado at all. It looks like an artichoke. Man, the dragon got a hold of us. And now we're just... The dragon pinned us down. Dragon pinned us down, and now space dust is... Speaking of space dust all over your face, <laughs> this is a good transition. Let's talk about your weird field trip, because I didn't get where you're behind the unicorn's butt and space dust is going all over your right. face. Man, that is the best. Is there any way you can put that as our... Uh, the video of that as our, um, our main picture on our page? Uh, for the episode? For anything. For anything? Uh, maybe. I, I'll try and figure that out. Because, man, it's so bizarre and, and hard not to keep watching. Like, I just kept watching the loop of it over yeah. and over. Because you look like a, a horse that's been, <laughs> that water is spraying in its face, but it can't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, so I did, I did post this video that Toby's talking about to my uh, Twitter, at Old Waver. You might have to scroll back a little bit. But I did go to uh, kind of a, I don't know, it's like a pop-up thing. It's basically made for kids and social media influencers. It's, it's called Candytopia. There was like the Candy Hotel. And, and then uh, they started doing Candytopia. I think they did it in New York and L.A. And so now it's in Dallas, Minnesota, and Atlanta, I think. Well, it looks crazy. Where, where was it? So it's at uh, Walnut Hill in 75. <laughs> they, you know, the northwest corner where the uh, Dave & Buster's used to be a long time ago. You know, they've totally redone that uh, shopping center. It's called The Hill now. Yeah, okay. And there used to be... Like a kind of a a really weird home improvement store where you couldn't buy anything called Treehouse, and so they went out of is. they went out of business. Big surprise. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, Candytopia is in that space, and so you go, you you have to buy your tickets ahead of time, and you buy for a particular time of day. And it's only gonna be there for a little bit, like a Halloween store. Yeah, like a month or two. I don't know. Okay. And so... <laughs> what did you just do right then? You kind of... I, I, I had to stifle a belch. I'm sorry. 
Space dust. It looked violent. Space dust was you, coming back up. You got dusted. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Candytopia, you sign up for a specific time. Uh-huh. The, the tickets are not cheap, uh, but you show up, you wait in line, and then they let you in in a group, and then it's a bunch of different rooms, and each room has a different theme, and there's different candy samples in each room. And, uh, you know, it's basically, it's for kids to eat a shit ton of candy and get all wired. And it's a bunch of photo ops for chicks who wants, want to uh, post to their Instagram. Yeah, their gram. Is the, uh, is the candy good? No. Oh, okay. So that's not what like the first there. The first room is, uh, is like... Um, Ferro Rocher, like the truffles. Okay. And, you know, they tell you, I mean, you should be able to take as many as you want for as much as they make you pay to get in there. But What's they're like, the cost? You but, can tell me. Uh, well, I think it's like $30 for adults and like 25 for kids or something like that. Oh. But it, for as much as you pay, you should be able to take as much candy as you want. And I did see people taking giant handfuls and shoving it in their purse or in their pockets. Good. But uh, the the first room is uh, these truffles, and then it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> By the end, it's just like a handful of well, sprinkles. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's like pixie sticks or like airheads. You know, it's stuff that I don't want to eat. Well, what was coming out of the unicorn butt? Okay, so that was probably about two-thirds of the way through. I hope so, because that's a showstopper. Yeah, so you go into, you know, it's kind of like a, a fun house or like a haunted house where you're going through different rooms and you're going down corridors and you pop out into this room and as you walk into the room, there are uh, employees, Candytopia staffers there to shower you with confetti <laughs> and it's like a whole confetti room. And so there's, uh, there's like a, a platform that you can stand on and it rotates and it showers you with confetti and there's a camera above that takes your picture. <laughs> and so you can, uh, you can download the pictures that, that are taken with the can Candytopia cameras, right? Yeah, like the log ride. Yeah. And then they have uh, a wall of, uh, of pig butts. <laughs> That kids go over there and they fill the pig butts with confetti, uh -huh. and then there's like a countdown. It's like five, four, three, two, one, and then, and they all the pig butts spray confetti in the air, and the kids, you know, like a cannon butt. Yeah, cannon butt. Um, that's cool. And then, uh, do you, uh, well, go ahead, go ahead. I well, have a what you're referring to the video that that I posted. Uh huh. As you walk in, there are two sculptures right there of uh, their pigs wearing tutus with wings. So they're flying pigs. And then there's there's like a hole in the wall and it's like uh, vacuum powered or whatever. So the whenever the employee scoops up a bunch of confetti and shoves it into the hole in the wall, it then travels through a tube and shoots out the butts of these 
pig sculptures. Okay, so what I saw wasn't a unicorn butt. That was a pig. It was, it was a flying pig wearing a tutu. Okay, I'll be honest. I wasn't paying attention to the animal. I was paying attention to your joy. Right. So I, so I had to wait until all the kids cleared out of the way. And then, because... I, so I was there with Marissa and my kid and then uh, our buddy Dale and, and his kid because uh, his daughter and my daughter are friends. Okay, they look like they were having a blast. Yeah. I oh, could tell. They they had so much fun. Okay, good. I, I mean, it was worth it because they had so much fun. Well, they were yeah, they were they were going for you. <laughs> they, yeah. Well, I mean, they were excited all week leading up to it and then... According to them, it did not disappoint. Okay, good. Well, they I did mean, I thought like... it, I thought it was kind of a letdown, but it wasn't a letdown for them. They, they thought were it was smiling awesome. Ear to ear. Yeah, they thought it was awesome, and then afterwards, my daughter was totally depressed because it was over. Oh, did they get a big bag of candy? Uh, they did. I mean, you know, Marissa was sh- shoving stuff into her purse, <laughs> so. Clara got her her fair share. <laughs> but I waited for the kids to clear out, and then because uh, both Marissa and Dale were urging me, like, you, you need to do a video with, with these... With the pig butt. With the pigs pooping rainbows. <laughs> and so... I waited my turn, and then I got over there, and I, you know, I had to kind of squat down because, you know... The butts were kind of at waist level, so I had to get low. They're kid level. Yeah, it's kid level. Kid level butt. So I had to get low, and then so I just put my my hands in the air, and I <laughs> I just was uh, just trying to emote pure joy of <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> dude! It is um, it's easily top three best things you've ever posted in your life it's so um it's so stupid but so good at the same time like you'll never ever i mean i get it why the place why it's there right you know it's like one of those things those uh pop-up things that are all made just for instagram stuff where they're like on this giant red swing in this huge room and you're like how did they where is this? What is this picture? And you're like, oh, it's a, you know, I'm guessing that's what that is. But you found your moment at the Candytopia. And, um. I made it my own. Did you, um, tag the company in the photo? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to use that for the rest of their lives on everything I, well, that I, they do. You know, I, I, like I said, I posted it to Facebook, um, the next day. And had a handful of people like it but really got what i thought was underwhelming response because i thought it was pretty funny too it's amazing i don't think enough people saw it you know maybe so there's only grandparents on facebook now dave no this was on the twitter oh you put it on the twit yeah i put it i grammed it i i faced spaced it and i twatted it the gram's gonna be where you get the people but i know you're not super gram guy well, and, uh, yeah, and, and the Twitch. Let, let me just let me just say, let me just say, if you are an HTWOW listener, and you've requested me because I have a private Instagram, and you've requested me, and I haven't accepted, don't take it personal, because 
like my Instagram is like it's private for a reason because I post pictures of my kid and I don't want it to be it's not it's not the HT Wow page. We have an HT Wow well, page. Did you post the the pig butt on the HT Wow? No, I will. See, that's what you need to be more active with your dumb stuff on the HT Wow. Okay, I'll repo- that's what I will want. repost it to that needs to the be HT the, Wow. That needs to be your page that people can g- get a hold of you. Okay. Be, but everyone understands the private thing. You did pick a weird I mean Instagram. What do you I mean, come on. I don't know what else you would pick to be your private one, so it does make sense. It's because you have 9 million followers on Twitter, I see. Not 9 million, but a lot. It's close. But not enough that it made a dent in that post. (laughs) Man, the Twitter is hard for me. I don't, um, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? I know. Well, you know, I was thinking about Twitter the other day because I do have... Uh, a decent number of followers, not a lot compared to other dudes at the ticket, but I have, you know, I'm, a, I'm at least over the 10k mark now. The last we, time I filled in on the hard line, we, we inched me over that 10k mark, yeah, right? Yeah, it seems like you got, like, that is a, the Twitter stuff is a big thing for the ticket radio people. Right. So, but the thing is is that my Twitter, so my Twitter is me, so I tweet about sports. Sports. I tweet about music. I tweet about random stuff that I think about. I tweet about the podcast. The CMAs. (laughs) Right? And so I think that the people who follow me for music are annoyed when I tweet about sports, and the people that follow me for sports are annoyed when I tweet about music. No, Dave, they're just into your personality. You just need to let it all go. All right. Don't worry about them. I just need to be me. You just need to be you, and they like you for you. Thank you. Thank you for being my conscience. I want you to get... You're my Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always thought Jiminy Cricket was pretty classy. He did. I mean, he had a monocle and a mm-hmm. cane and a vest. He's like, he's the only one that can talk shit to the peanut guy. That's like, hey, hey, hey. Get get out of the booth, peanut guy. It's Jiminy Cricket. Right. You know the peanut guy. Planners? Yeah, he's got, yeah. A, he's yeah, got I mean, a monocle, he's, but he's not dressed as But nice. he's trying to, like, he's trying to go over the top with the the uh, Monopoly guy stovepipe yeah, hat. They both talk shit to the Monopoly guy. <laughs> Man, beer's fun. Yeah. Um, All right, so, so it's your turn. Yeah, let's get now. Let's let's stop having fun. So <laughs> Howard, <laughs> Howard Gray with the silent R. Um, so yeah, uh, it was a very pleasant um, find for us that when we are finding the guy that recorded a lot of the Scritty Politi stuff... That, of course, we would like him. He worked on Head on the Door. Which, arguably, one of the greatest Cure records. I mean... It really is. You can't... You can't say it's better than Disintegration, but after Disintegration, it's possibly the second best. I would say that Head on the Door was the turning point... Was the huge step up. Right, because it because it melded the goth with the pop. Yeah, 
you had the um and you get you you're getting the f- super fast acoustic going now with in between days and all that stuff such a great record oh man man if you are um if you're kind of a cure newbie if i'm sure most people listening have the full catalog but if you've not spent much time with the cure listen to head on the door you gotta do head on the door and Howard Gray worked on his, I think his solo producing song on Head on the Door is the, and we've been hitting a lot of moments where we're going to mispronounce things, <laughs> but is it Kyoto song? That sounds right. Um, you know the... So there were multiple producers on Head on the Door. Yeah. And the ones with the stars on the name are the ones that... Howard Gray and I think David Allen. I really could be wrong about that. Oh, it's right here in front of me. Let me look. Got the jacket, bro? Yeah. Yeah, most of the songs were produced by Robert Smith and David Allen. Robert Smith's in the band The Cure. You ever heard of him? He's he's the singer. He recently was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Pretty pretty big deal. Um, Should we play that audio or has that been played to death, by the way? It's so good. Should we? We'll play that tonight, maybe, if we find it. We'll play it after. Yeah. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, The star ones, and this is what got me in touch, because we were like, well, he's on Head on the Door, and then we were like, well, what does he do on here? And they were like, what are the star ones? We went, Kyoto song. That's a good song. You know that one, the nightmare with you and a death in the pool. Mm -hmm. Remember that one? Yes. Great tune. But then... The other two songs that he co-produced with David Allen are Push and A Night Like This. And boy, those are... Two of the highlights of the record. And we had a discussion earlier. And it's like, do we play Push or do we play A Night Like This? And we went with A Night Like This, right? Yes, because... Could have gone either way. Yeah, it could have gone either way, but there's just something epic about a night like this push is is more of a fist in the air rocker Mm -hmm. but night like this is lighter in the air you still to this day really hope they play these two songs yes at a live show um and there's a new cure record coming out Uh, i believe it's supposed to come out on halloween they want it to be around there don't they yes um i can't wait those guys have uh They've hit a master plan. They're they're surpassing the whole like uh, Pink Floyd thing of getting older and um, doing the stadium thing and somehow staying slightly relevant. Yeah, I I don't know how it's come about because in the late 90s and early aughts, The Cure were such an afterthought. And then here in the last five years, the... The reputation, the, uh, I don't know. The it's like the Depeche Mode thing where after a while you just kind of realize, I really hope these bands keep going because the show is so good. Right. And, and like you said, the, the relevance of still being creatively vital and not just having like a, a Rolling Stones rehash album. Yeah. And this is supposed to be once again, didn't he say this was uh, going to be really gothy, super sad once again? Right. And man, I can't wait. It sounds perfect. 
Yeah, but let's get back to uh, an old Cure song from Head on the Door. I had this poster, you know, the one that, um, you know, Head on the Door had the, um, it wasn't like glow in the dark. It had the fluorescent thing a little bit, though. On the, uh, it looked like the album cover a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you have that poster? No, that wasn't that cool. Boy, I had that one. Yeah, we already went over <laughs> our our posters, and yours were way cooler than mine. <laughs> We've had the poster talk. Yeah, because remember, I had Doc and Megadeth and Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, yeah. I took a different path you to really get here. Did. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Ready? Yes. Do you want to hear uh, one of your favorite Cure songs? I can't wait. So we go from Scritty... This, so this is kind of how cool this guy is. Scritty Politti and The Cure. I don't know if I went in order. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, this is on vinyl if that's cool with you. That's spectacular. It's spectacular. Let's hear it. It goes just like this.
Man. I wonder if it was Howard Gray's idea to do the sax solo. <laughs> I was going to comment on that, that um, I really hope in the next uh, two years of something that I record coming up that there's a sax solo. They In 1985, people loved a sax solo. Yeah. One, it's cyclical. Every once in a while, the sax comes back. I don't mind the sax. I know that people, um, you know, there's a lot of hate for the sax solo because it can get a little um, Saturday Night Live band. Yeah, like real noodly and squelchy. Yeah, but um, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind if it's the melodic sax though, like Careless Whisper. I mean, or. A night like this. Or once again, songs from the big chair. They'll throw a sax solo on you. It makes it more epic. Right. You know, it's. I was looking back at the Cure discography. Mm-hmm. And so the album immediately preceding the head on the door was the top, which He's... is a very misunderstood and divisive Cure record. And really, the only the only songs off the top that still get played are uh, um, oh gosh it's uh, Caterpillar's on that right? Yeah Caterpillar is Caterpillar kind of is uh, I guess a, a precursor to Head on the Door right? but uh, like Shake Dog Shake they play all the time now mm. and it's a real dirgy grungy number Howard Gray's on the top is he? Yeah, that was one of his other discography things, is he's on there. You know, and a lot of times when they list the co-producer thing and just how you list things and credits, bands don't think about that stuff a whole lot. I'm just guessing this dude was just around. Right. And they, He did uh, enough to get a credit. They trusted him, and so they're all in the room making a record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Different people are doing different it's stuff. It's a collab, bro. At all the time are at different times and you um if they think that you're cool enough to just be there and uh take your um ideas i mean that's two records of howard gray being around that's pretty cool right yeah um and it's a dude i've like i said before i've never heard of this guy and you're kind of into his ginger thing and that's kind of weird too i mean he used to be hot i don't know if he still is <laughs> He's probably gray by now. You think he's gray, Ginger? Yeah. Do gingers turn gray? I, mean, um, I don't even know. I don't know if they do. Or did they just turn like light orange? Maybe like... Like tangerine? <laughs> Maybe like really watered down Gatorade. Like orange Gatorade. Yeah. But, but if your coach doesn't want to pay for... The More, mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he spreads the mix. Like, he, he's supposed to put a whole pack into the cooler, but he only puts half a pack. Right. But speaking of coaches, is Garrett... Did Garrett go gray? He's a ginger. I don't know. Isn't he? Yes, he is. He looks great. He's a power ginger. He's a cussing ginger. Do you want to listen to the legendary red carpet interview of robert smith real quick sure do we need do you want the um no just play it on the mic 
Yeah, it's so good. You mean when the um, the interviewer is a little overzealous? Yeah, I mean because she, <laughs> they haven't released the HBO special from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but they did live stream a number of things, and so this went viral. And so you probably heard it, but it's, it's, it's already it's wor- the coolest interview from any Hall of Fame thing. <laughs> right. It's it's worth hearing again. So this is. Uh, the Cure walking up to uh, oh God, what is her name? Um, uh, it's Kelly Keegan. Oh no, it's like an Entertainment Tonight person. I mean, she's not, but it seems like right. Yeah, Carrie Keegan. Carrie Keegan. So, yeah, <laughs> this is her. Poor Carrie. Trying to engage Robert Smith. Congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... he's he's like scratching his neck and he kind of looks at the camera and then looks at her. Uh-huh. He it's, kind of always has the, a little scratch, doesn't it's, he? It's the perfect delivery. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for the most part, some people are like, oh, what a dick. But for the most part, everyone was like, oh, this is so English and so perfect. It's so Robert Smith to go. Yeah. Did you see the little, uh, his interview about doing the Hall of Fame thing? Yeah, I did see his, that, his acceptance speech and then his, like, after the fact. That Simon Gallup kind of talked him into it. Did you see all that whole thing? No, I didn't see that part. That he uh, he was saying that Simon is always a bit more down to earth and realistic about life in general, <laughs> and was telling him we're going to accept the award and we're going to just play some songs for some people. It's not that big of a deal, right? Like, don't overthink this. That this is some don't don't pull a Radiohead and send your drummer. Right. And, and your rhythm guitar player. Yeah, this is not that, you know, it's cool. They like your stuff, and then we're going to play some songs. And he was like, oh, I guess so. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is stupid. It's totally but, stupid. I mean, if if you, if you put the picture in the frame as a band, it does nothing but help you. I can guarantee you Robert Smith thought it was pretty cool that he was inducted at the same time as Def Leppard. I bet he was well, like, and Roxy this Music, is... too. Well, and, yeah, and Roxy Music should have been in years ago. Roxy Music influenced The Cure. Right. Like, you know, they should have been in way earlier than that. When are you going to do a Roxy Music or Brian Ferry slash Brian oh, Eno rep- episode? Well, won't it be when we go to the show? Well, no, because I had to sell those tickets. <gasps> Why? What are you talking about? Oh, is that the weekend? Yes. Oh, Dave. All right, so before we get to my next tune, the drama of my life is buying concert tickets that I never use. And so um, this coming August in Dallas, uh, I believe on Wednesday night, I don't know what date it is, but... Uh, it's like the third week of August. Uh, Roxy Music is playing the Majestic in Dallas. And then also that same week on Saturday night, um, Noel Gallagher is opening up for Smashing Pumpkins at uh, 
Starplex, whatever it's called now. This is August? Yes. So what's... What are you doing, Dave? <sighs> okay, is, is so... Is this the France thing? Yes. Oh, Jesus. All right, so... So I bought tickets to Roxy Music, and I bought tickets to Noel Gallagher and Smashing Pumpkins. And then... There was a group text that I think we referenced on the last pod, a group text of a bunch of our friends trying to get everyone to go to the rock and scene festival in Paris in August, because on the Friday night, the headliner is the cure and the main support is Johnny Marr. And so I basically Put it off on my fiance saying well if she wants to go i'll go but i'm not gonna fight for this because we have too much other stuff going on and then she said well i have only so much vacation and we're taking another trip in the summer and then we're gonna try and take a honeymoon and i just i can't make this happen and so i thought it was put to bed and then when i finally got around to asking all of my friends if they wanted to be groomsmen for my upcoming nuptials. <laughs> yeah. There was all of a sudden the uh, idea floated that, oh, well then the Paris trip, the, the Cure Festival can be your bachelor party. That's, that's great. And I was like, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to buy tickets for this i i don't i'm not gonna go to europe without her but she was a uh, a selfless person and said if you want to go it's up to you and then i played hard to get and then <laughs> our buddy craig bought my plane ticket on miles craig and so i'm going to paris in august to go see the cure and johnny marr but why didn't you save the Roxy Music tickets for me? Well, you can have them. They're just uh, they're on StubHub. I haven't sold them yet. Oh well, don't sell them. How many do you have? I have I I bought four for okay. some reason. But if you want them, buy them from me. I will. Don't 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 sell the Roxy Music tickets. Do you want the Smashing Pumpkins tickets? I'm okay. I, I saw I saw them. Yeah, I know. But do you want all four, or do you want me to just uh, give you two, and then I'll post the other two? No, I don't want to sit next to weird people. I'd rather take all four and have two extra seats. <laughs> just have buffers? Yeah. Okay. Seriously, all I right. will do that. All right. Um, but all right, yeah, good. don't sell the Roxy Music tickets. That'll yes. Be, that, those I, I are for me. I, I could care less about missing... I mean, I, I've seen... I love No Gallagher, and I've seen him several times, so it's no big deal... Where is him. that show? Starplex. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. In August? Yes. What are they doing? I don't know. But yeah, you know, don't so do that. I I don't care about missing that show. I do care about missing the Roxy Music Roxy show. Roxy Music is gonna be a good one, Dave. But uh, you know, I had to make a choice. So I'm gonna see the cure and Johnny Marr in Paris instead. Okay. And that still will be awesome. Y'all have a great time. Golly, Johnny Marr and, and The Cure in Paris. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and they haven't even um, announced the rest of the lineup, so there could be other cool stuff. But yeah. we're only going on Friday. It's like a, you know, it's like a three-day fest, but I think we're only buying tickets on Friday. Yeah, y'all, um, 
y'all will hit those two shows and y'all should have fun in other places. Yes. Y'all don't need to make a Coachella day out of it. Speaking of Coachella, thank you for the transition. I'm, I'm getting good at this finally day. Uh, my final band is a band that I saw at Coachella on the the year that you and I and Manny went to Coachella, but you and Manny stayed in the RV while I went to go see this band. That makes total sense. What are you typing? Are you buying a plane ticket right now? <laughs> yes. No, I'm trying to... Uh... What year did we go to Coachella? The... Was it 06, 07? I don't know. It was the year of the Happy Mondays, DJ Shadow, and... Um, um, Jesus Will- and Mary Chain, Arctic Monkeys. Willie Nelson. Yes. Okay, so... Um, sorry, I'm trying to... Which, I gotta tell you, a Jesus and Mary Chain, Willie Nelson tour, wouldn't that be the best? It would. That would be so good. I wish someone would work that out. Sorry, it's hard for me to read because I can't maximize this poster. What are you doing right now? I'm trying to see what day this band that I'm about to talk about played. What country is this band from? England. They're an English band. (laughs) Yeah, what do you know? I'm glad that you stuck an Australian band in there for a second. <laughs> or at yeah. least an Australian dude. Way to, you know way where to break Howard, things up. You know where Howard Gray was born? England? He was born in Australia. Was he? And then his family moved back to Liverpool. Nice. There's some other bands that are from Liverpool. Have you ever heard of them? Uh, yeah, the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're from there. Okay, so um, in 2007, the infamous year of Coachella that you and me and our buddy Manny went to, the Saturday, which was headlined by Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) (laughs) We missed that show. Um, I'm trying to think of what you guys even saw that day. We saw Faithless. Uh, no, that was Faithless. Was that on Saturday? We saw Happy Mondays. No, Happy Mondays was on Sunday, and Faithless was on Sunday as well. Oh man, that's a good day. Uh, we saw The Good, The Bad, and The Queen. They were terrible. We saw The Rapture. And we we saw LCD Sound System. They were sl- slightly good. Uh, but I think that's about all you saw. I mean, the the main headliners that night were Red Hot Chili Peppers, Arcade Fire, Tiesto, Decemberists. Yeah, I'm out on all that. Right. Um, Didn't but, Bjork play? Uh, yes, Bjork headlined Friday night. She was good. I don't remember that at all. We were going back and forth between two different places during Bjork. I want to say DJ Shadow might have been on the same night. Yeah, but DJ Shadow was way earlier. He had technical problems. Um, So anyway, on that Saturday, 
<laughs> before you guys decided to get out of the RV and enter Coachella, I went and saw a band called Hot Chip. I remember the Hot Chip. I mean, I remember you talking about the Hot Chip. Yes, yeah, so the Hot Chip are from London. They are a uh, kind of an indie dance crew. Kind of a ska band. No, they are... Uh, they're really dorky English guys, but... Sort of like a ska thing. They uh, write uh, really interesting dance numbers. It's hard to describe exactly what they are, but they are about to put out a new record this summer. <laughs> the record is entitled A Bath Full of Ecstasy. <laughs> If that gives you any indication <laughs> about what we're about to hear. And For some so, reason, I'm starting to get a little interested in the hot chip. Yes, yeah, so they, uh, they're putting out a bath full of ecstasy out in June, <laughs> but they just released the first single. Do, kids still, do people still do ecstasy anymore? Well, it's, it's called uh, MDMA. But it's still ecstasy? It's, I guess it's more or less the same. But kids do MDMA. They don't do ecstasy. Well, why change the name? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, this is um, this is the lead single. This just came out. It's called Hungry Child. And uh, it's it's a little bit of an extended jam. They did have a uh, like a radio edit, but I don't like the radio edit as much as the album cut. Uh -huh. So, it... it you so know, this is the album cut. This is the album cut. It it's uh, it's a little bit long and it takes a minute to get there, but sure. I, I think you'll like it. So this is entitled "Hungry Child" by Hot Chip on HT W O W, twenty nineteen April episode twenty two. Yeah, hit it, go, Toby, now. Whistle. Thank you. 
I mean, if you didn't want to party before, you want to party now, right? I mean, that's good, right? Mm. Dude, favorite thing that you've played today. Yes, I win. I wasn't expecting the hot chip. Yeah, the hot chip, they they have some tricks in their bag. Were they so uh, synthy dancy before? I mean, they were synthy, but I think they have um, kind of thrown caution to the wind. They don't care anymore. With this new record. So one of the main dudes in Hot Chip is a guy named Joe Goddard. And one of his side projects is called The Two Bears. And it's him and this other guy. And they're basically kind of chubby, hairy guys. Are they? That's great. Yeah. So they're called The Two Bears. And they, The Two Bears is like disco house music. And so I think that that is sneaking into the the hot chip thing. Man, I love it. I think that uh, I think that's great. I would love to see them. They are. I mean, when I saw them in 07, when you guys were still in the trailer, it was great. I mean, they. Uh, I guess their first record came out in uh, 05. Uh huh. And so by that time, they had like maybe two records out. And I mean, it wasn't anything like that. But, you know, it had a little bit of uh, dance sensibility to it. Uh, And it was great. Man, it's cool. I think the name throws me. I think that I'm thinking when you hear Hot Chip, you think it's going to be like um, one of the young uh, upstroke guitar bands. Right. it's always been a terrible name. I, I mean, the first time I ever saw them was probably 05 or 06 at uh, South by Southwest. And there was a friend of mine, this girl that was all about them and made me come see them. And, uh-huh. I, and I love them. They, man, that's very good. That um, As far as being turned around on a jam, that one wins the episode for me. Nice. That's very good, Hot Chippers. Well, we'll definitely play another Hot Chip. It won't be quite the uh, the disco uh, cocaine-fueled jam. <laughs> they really went uh, old. Uh, I can see why they called it what they called it. Because, bath, bath full of ecstasy. Yeah, because it, it really is, um, you know, um, start club. Right, yeah. They It's of a time. They went all the way with it. The sounds and everything, even the mix of you take a long time to get there. It's a, it's real. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a two minute ramp up until the drums come in, and then the drums come in way later. Let everyone have a break for a second to get a breath, and then it's back in. Man, that's very cool of them. Yeah, so it's it's definitely good. uh, But I'll play a different uh, hot chip jam on the after dark. Cool. Well, can we? I'm about to play my last jam. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Because I kind of want to get back to uh, Boat to Boat Remote. Because <laughs> that is what this next song is all about. I mean, I'm uh, halfway into my second Dragon's Milk. So anything <laughs> that you want to do right now is fine with me. Okay, let's let's get to my third jam. Um, a lot of people that like the type of music that we like... 
depending on where you're you're from, especially in Texas, <laughs> uh-huh. have a uh, have a, a line. And I've mentioned this before with Gene Loves Jezebel. Yeah. That for some reason Houston people love Gene Loves Jezebel, but Dallas people didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, for some reason Manny and Craig. I, and I mean, that, I, like I remember, didn't. I remember Gene loves Jezebel being played on the edge. Yeah, like and, I thought that they uh, were. And like I remember the, that song, Jealous, right? Yeah, and the, but they had and Desire. Yeah, and we thought. Uh, yeah, like, I, I, think I guess Gene loves Jezebel is awesome. So I, I, but I guess yes, uh, amongst our friends, they are seen as kind of uh, also Rand's like trash heap scenesters yeah but i don't care so screw them there's is that is that what this is are i don't we, know are we listening no. to gene loves jezebel no, no 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 i would love to play gene loves jezebel damn you you got me all excited no we'll, no no, no. Um, we'll play it in the is, after this dark this is another then. band that is a uh this is totally different than gene loves jezebel. um but ub40 uh, is a band that you don't like the ub40 no no um I went to a lot of their shows in Houston because for some reason, Houston's not like a beachy town, but it's a coastal town. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. So there's a lot of toes and sand around there. Yeah, and uh, the, the reggae vibe For some reason, resonates. In, the, in the new wave community, UB40 was all up in there. Yeah, it didn't translate to Dallas, it, I don't think. I don't think it did. And I, and I, and I realized that. And so I, I kind of thought maybe I should, but Howard Gray had a, a lot to do with those, um, you know, the Labor of Love records, the covers, but this is not a cover record. This is a song that was one of their hits. You know, they have plenty of hits. UB40 is a pretty big band. Right. And I, and I really like this song and I saved it last because remember we used to have Guilty Pleasures? Sure. Can I, I do I, this? Yes. I'm not going to prejudge it. Can um, I just have a second, Dave? It's fine. And get, do it. Get back on the. Can we get back on our boat to boat remote? <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. All right. This is UB40. If it happens again and it goes just like this, it's recorded really well from Howard Gray.
struggling the dead and true for everyone But believe me, if it happens again, I'm leaving If it stays the same, I'm gone When it compromises, the sound that you say has been going on too long If it happens again, I'm leaving I'm back to my things and gone If it happens again, there'll be no looking back And I won't say I told you See how seeing them with you would be fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> it is like, um, you know, you buy your tickets to the show, but your seats don't, uh, at a UB40 show, don't really mean anything. If your seat's in the back, you're going to eventually end up at the front at some point. You'll just glide up there. It was always awesome. Do you hear that bird? Yeah. It's like the master's. But they kind of lit up because UB40 just went down. Did you notice that? Uh-huh. It's very boat-to-boat remote, Dave. If yeah, we... I get it. I get it. You know... I know. I understand that uh, it's... people don't like it, but, man, I, I don't apologize for the UB40. Yeah, you know, I just... Um, I always had, I guess, an adversary relationship with any band that was lumped into the new wave thing that was reggae or ska. No, like, I get it. Like Madness. Are the specials? Uh, are the specials. See, I really love the, I love the specials. Or Simply Red or UB40. Simply Red wasn't a reggae they make me think about reggae for some reason. They are not a reggae thing. Simply Red's a pop band. For some reason, uh, maybe because Red 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 Wine, I Red Red Wine is a UB40. Sim- I know, but somehow I associate that with Simply Red. I don't know. Yeah, but I guess that's a Neil Diamond song. You get where I'm coming from. I though. totally get why people don't like UB40. I definitely get it, especially when. But half of the band are white guys from England. I do get it. But that said, from working class England, I do understand. Well, and you know, uh, 
I don't know if you've listened to any of the the Chuck D thing on Spotify for the history of the Clash. No, but I want to. You know, when they say that, when it's on Spotify, it's is it is that like an audio book? It's it's a podcast. Yeah, but there's no there's no video. No. I, yeah, I don't know and, if I want to hear Chuck D talk about the Clash. Well, <laughs> I only listened to the first episode, but it was about the formation of the Clash and uh-huh. and just talking about the neighborhood that they grew up they grew up in is all of the or you know a majority of the neighborhood was uh, families from the West Indies. Yeah, and the so, Clash have a little bit of a... There's a relationship there. Yeah, and so that's where, you know, they were first exposed to those reggae rhythms was, you know, house parties in their neighborhoods uh-huh. where they were squatting. Yeah. And so I understand, you know, that it's not like cultural appropriation when you have working class English guys playing reggae music because... They're they're working class and people that grew up, you know, people that are of the culture of reggae music are growing up alongside them. Sure. And they they hear it every day. And it's influence on both sides. Yeah, and it's part of them. So they're not just like, uh, you know, putting on a front. Yeah, I used to just like it because it was fun. (laughs) No, yeah, uh, I'm I'm not trying to politicize it. And, And like I said... If 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 they were playing a festival, I would not care to see them. But then I would see them with you, and yeah. at the end I'd be like, "Oh, that was great! I it's love them so much fun." And um, you know, they had the uh, album with uh, when they were in Moscow, um, and uh, Chrissy Hine is uh, does "I Got You, Babe" with them, and uh, and they have "Rat in the Kitchen" on there, and all that other stuff. It's uh, I don't know. For some reason, I'm one of my friends that I like UB40, and I don't care. But it's the same way with Scritty Politi. Like, I this is what this whole episode's about. I don't really. It's, it's care. about your your gay guilty press guilty. When I found it's out, about your gay guilty pleasures. Yeah. When I found out Howard Gray also did The Cure and UB40, I was just you were doing backflips. I didn't care because then I was like, well, now I'll get to play. Um, Scritty Politi and uh, <laughs> UB40 on an episode. Oh, Dave. I think this has been a fun one because I think that we've had uh, a pretty, even though <laughs> everything has been on the SG tip, mm-hmm. I think it's been pretty diverse. I think we're always slightly on the SG. SGT. I, I mean, we try and butch it up every once in a while. I sure. try and I try and bring some guitars. Mm-hmm. Maybe next month I'll I'll try and assert my manhood. Should we go butch next week? Next month? Maybe we should just to prove that we can. Mm. I mean, it just depends on what comes out. As far as I'm concerned, that already sounds like a really boring episode, <laughs> right? I think people want us to be us. <laughs> no one else. Why'd you why'd you say us like that? <laughs> okay. Well, we're doing great on time for once. Well, good. I mean, I I've listened back to many episodes. Well, I, mean, I listened back to them all, and most of the time, when I listen back to them, I'm thinking to myself, Dave, just shut up. 
Well, it's great. I didn't know anything about the producer that I faked the the podcast on. So I think it's fine if this episode is shorter than the recent episodes because... Oh, no, it'll still be two hours. Don't worry about that. All right. It just it just means that we, we got to the meat of the matter and I didn't, uh, you know, do what I'm doing right now and search for words. Um, do you... Um... Do you have any shows coming up? Did, did you buy any tickets for anything that you're doing soon? Well, I mentioned last month that I am still on the fence for the Just Like Heaven Festival. Okay, when is that again? That's the beginning of May in Long Beach, California. And that bird sounds great. I know, it? that bird does sound great. When did you... that happen? Like, all of a sudden we have a bird? You want me to tell you who's headlining? No, well, I know Phoenix is involved. Right, yes. Uh, Phoenix, MGMT, Beach House, The Rapture, Mike Snow, The Faint. No, it's going to be a Tokyo great festival. Tokyo Police Club, if you, Neon Indian, Washed Out. All that's great. If you live in California, you should go. But I don't think you should go by yourself. I don't like you to be inside your own head too, too long. Is it is it dangerous? It's dangerous for you to be by yourself that long. Unless you get Dale to go with you. No, he doesn't want to go. Cuz you'd have to go all the way to Long Beach to see a show. I mean, I'm probably not going to go cuz I haven't bought tickets, I haven't bought airfare, I haven't bought a room. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, don't go. All right. I'm not going to go. Don't go. But I might. I'm sure someone will uh, video it for you. It's true. Um, that is a pretty good show. I didn't know Tokyo Police Club, Tokyo Police Club, still did stuff. Yeah. Well, remember I played them on the pod. They just put out a record. It's funny that you said. Do you remember I played them on the pod? You know I don't remember. <laughs> it was like three months ago or something. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Remember. I don't even know. Was it good? Yes, you said you liked it. Was it as good as Hot Chip? No. Was it did... as good as this bird that's outside? No. That means the sun's still up. We're actually going to finish a pod while it's light. Yes, we need to finish the pod. We need to eat food. We need to watch playoff hockey. And then we need to get really tanked and record the after dark. We got home ice. That's right. We're dating ourselves because... By the time this gets published, they may be eliminated, but... Go Red Raiders! <laughs> Go Raiders! <laughs> they did do good, though. Good for them. That's right. Um, yeah, let's play The Last Gem, because guess what? You got it all queued up, don't it's you? It's Scratty Paletti. Alright, here you go. Are you ready? Here comes the, yes! Here comes a fill. Oh, I'm so drunk.
Urban HQL, April 2019, episode 22. Tell a friend. Listen to it again and again. Write us love notes. You want me to do the fish? Do it. This will take you back to boat and boat. Red, red wine. <laughs> Stick us to me. Oh, bueno, sweet. <laughs> 